Well, I want to get right into the Word, and I'm going to be showing you some illustrations today. So um, one more time, if you can't, just move up a little closer, or if the sides move in so I don't have to show the pictures all around. Everybody stand up and move. How about that? <laughs> just, just a, it just, just helps me a little bit, but it'll help you a little bit. If um, y'all just kind of move, in, and here's a bunch of empty seats. This is God's house. Isn't it fun to be in God's house? Who wants to sit in the back row of God's house? Amen. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Well, this is a healing seminar. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's, it's better to understand healing when you understand more about God's will and God's ways. You know, um, as we were singing this morning, I was thinking about John 3.16. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the whole world would be saved. And if you study out that word saved, it also means healed, delivered, transformed, whatever it is that we need. Love bought and paid for that, for you and for me. Like Pastor John was saying, God's love is never ending. It's unconditional. You could say, it's off the charts. God's love for you and me, it is off the charts. You cannot measure it. And that's why the Bible says in Ephesians that we need to be rooted and grounded in his love, that we would be able to comprehend the height and depth and width and breadth and to know the love of Christ. And not just know it in your head. You've got to know it on the inside of you, that you know that you know that you know that you are the apple of his, his eye, that you are so valuable and so precious to him. You know, many people, believers, and I'm talking about believers too, that don't really, really know or that are not really fully persuaded that God actually loves them. But oh, how he does. You know, you ever sing that song, Oh, How He Loves You and Me? That needs to be a reality, not just a song but that you are so loved. I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I want to set a little foundation this morning. But in Ephesians chapter 5 and in verse 17, it says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understand the will of the Lord. So if we don't understand his will, the Bible says that's not so wise. You need, to, you need to be wise and understand the will of the Lord. And in Hosea 4, 6, it says, My people, my people perish because of a lack of knowledge, a lack of knowledge and understanding his will. See, some people have no information and some people have wrong information. And then there are some people that do know the truth, but are not a doer of the word. And in all three of those situations, you will perish. And we're supposed to live a saved, 
filled with the Holy Ghost in a triumphant life. But there's so many believers saved, filled, and defeated. I do not want to be uh, saved, filled, and defeated. I want to be saved, filled, and triumphant. So I have to know what his will is, and I need to know the ways of the Lord. Because like I was saying, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of wrong thinking. And so often people say, well, if you pray and I was healed, well, praise the Lord. It was God's will for me to be healed. But if you pray and I'm not healed, well, I guess it was God's will that I not be healed. See, that is wrong thinking. And we have to guard our heart against wrong thinking. See, so many people will judge healing, will judge God's will by results. You cannot judge it by results. We must stay with the word, regardless of what does or does not happen. We must stay with the, wor- the will and the word of God at all times. Many people believe that everything that happens is God's will. If it's good, praise the Lord. If it's bad, hmm, must have been God's will. Totally forgetting that the devil comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. God is good and the devil is bad. And that's about as simple as the gospel can get. God is a good God and the devil is a bad God. So when something bad happens, don't think it's God. All good gifts come from heaven above. So we need to realize that sometimes people say, well, it all happens for a purpose. Yeah, and there's three purposes, not just one. They, they almost imply, well, everything that happens has a purpose, and it was God's purpose. No, sometimes it's the devil's purpose. And sometimes it's not even the devil. Sometimes it's our own fault that we have violated the leading of the Holy Spirit, and then you do open the door for negative consequences. So not everything that happens is God's will. The Bible clearly says, thou shall not kill. Do we have people going in universities and killing people? Is that God's will? Thou shall not steal. We have people stealing. So when you see all these things, you cannot say that everything that happens is God's will because it clearly is not God's will. And people, that, people can die a premature death. That is not God's will. Healing is God's will. Sometimes people say, well, God can do anything. And if their loved one dies, then they get mad at God because they think, well, God, God could have done anything. Totally forgetting that God gave man a free will. And therefore, he has set self-limitations upon himself. And he will never violate man's free will. If God could do anything, he would have every person in Seekonk come to church on Sundays. If he could do anything, he'd make everybody get saved. If he could do anything, he'd make us read our Bible every day. He'd make us tithe. He would make us do all these things. But he doesn't. He will not violate man's freedom of choice. So we have to remember those things. And then sometimes people say, well, I think God is teaching me something through this sickness. If you really believe that, 
and you love God and you want to learn, then why would you go to the doctor to get healed of the sickness and then miss out on what God's teaching you? That's ignorance, isn't it? Look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. See, we need to understand some of these things so that we don't have the wrong thinking. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, the first word is all, A-L-L. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. So if God wants to teach us something, he's always going to do it through his holy written word. That's how he teaches us. And he does it with love. Amen? He doesn't... I mean, when my children were little, when I wanted to teach them to not eat a cookie before dinner, I didn't put them in the middle of the street to get hit by a car to teach them not to eat cookies before dinner. No. God doesn't teach us by doing harmful things to us. He teaches us through his word. So again, regardless of what does or does not happen to somebody else or in any situation, we must stay with the word because the word of God is the will of God. So many times people say, well, how can I say I'm healed when my body is screaming out to me and it says I'm sick? It's a good question, isn't it? How can I, how can I confess I'm healed when, when my body says I'm sick? Well, the answer is so simple. In Isaiah 53, 5, it says, by his stripes, you are healed. Not going to be, it says you are. And in 1 Peter 2, 24, it says, by his stripes, you were healed. So if the Bible says you are and you were, then you is. (laughs) Amen? You is healed right now. See, we have to see ourselves as the word of God says we are. The eye of faith sees first what the natural eye does not yet see. The eye of faith has to see the invisible before we will see the the visible. That's why the Bible says we must walk by faith and not by sight. Now, what exactly does that mean, to walk by faith and not by sight? It means that we must walk by truth, not facts. Too often, we focus on the facts. That's sight. We have to walk by truth, not by the facts. Turn to uh, Psalms 119. How many brought your Bibles with you this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. In Psalms 119 and in verse 30. Listen to this. I have chosen the way of truth. See, it's a choice. Life is a choice. So we must choose to walk by truth and not by the facts. So that's why it's important that you guard your heart. Because faith is of the heart. Truth is is of the heart. Therefore, we live from the inside out. And you know what I love about faith? One of the most beautiful things about faith, and God has given every person a measure of faith, 
There is not one king, there's not a queen, there's not a president, there's not an organization. No human being, no group, no organization is powerful enough to stop us from using our faith. Nobody can stop you from coming boldly into the throne room of grace to help, ask for help in time of need. That is so beautiful that God has given us faith in such a way that it is absolutely impossible for somebody to stop you from using it. They can even make a law. Can a law stop you from coming into the throne room of God? No. That is so awesome to me that God gave us something like that, that we can fellowship with him through prayer. We can use our faith to uh, receive anything that we need from God, and it's absolutely impossible for you to be stopped. We ought to thank God every day that he gave us faith, that we can fellowship with him and use our faith to live a triumphant life in the midst of the storms of life. Amen. That we are on victory side. That we're on the winning side. Thanks be unto God who always, always causes us to triumph. In all ways. Isn't that awesome? We have, we have a good God. We have a good, 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 good God. So the eye of faith must see first what the natural eye does not yet see. Now turn to the Gospel of Luke. Luke 18. And this is Jesus speaking. And in verse 27, he says, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. I like to say it like this. The things that are impossible with the doctor is still possible with God. In other words, there is no hopeless situation with God. That is wonderful. How encouraging is that? Absolutely nothing is impossible with the doctor, with God, even though it is with the doctor. See, a doctor can treat, but Jesus is the healer. The doctor gives you facts. Jesus gives you truth. And the truth always has the power, the ability to override the facts. Truth will always change the facts. But we have to speak truth with words that are infused with faith. Amen? We have to believe that. Um, like I said, Jesus is the healer. I grew up, I grew up in a, in a um, I always, well, I've been in church since I was 23 days old. Let me put it that way. I've been in church a long time. And in those early years, uh, there were two scriptures that just got so engrafted into me. Uh, one was in Psalm 73, that uh, truly God is good. And 1 John 4, 8, God is love. Love isn't something God possesses. That's who he is. He is love. And if you can learn to receive love, everything else you will ever need comes underneath the umbrella of love. It's like we're under his banner of love. Whatever you need comes underneath that. If you can receive love, then everything else is so much simpler. Because love is who he is. Healing, financial prosperity, whatever else you need is underneath the umbrella of love. 
It's so important to understand that he loves you. And as a young child, I just knew that God loved me. But when, and in all those years that I had been in church, I even used to get a pin for perfect attendance. And I lived in Nebraska and had to walk to church because my mother didn't drive. And we were toddlers, and we lived over a mile from church. It wasn't like it was next door. So here we are, toddlers, my brothers and I. We're walking to church, snow, sleet, hail. And then we got a pin, perfect attendance. <laughs> but in all those years, and almost 28 years of perfect attendance, never heard one teaching on healing. Not one testimony. Uh, we never had altar calls. We never had any kind of testimony, nothing. <laughs> but I knew that God loved me. And when I was 28, I became very sick with cancer. It was a very rare kind of cancer. It's cancer of the appendix. I was told later that I was approximately the eighth person in the entire United States to be recorded of that kind of cancer. And not only is it rare, but it's very difficult for the doctors to recognize it. So I'd been sick for several months, and finally the doctor put me back in the hospital. He said, Marilyn, we don't know what's wrong with you, but uh, this time we're going to do exploratory surgery, and maybe we'll find the problem. And so I, did anybody hear my testimony when I was here last year? Some of you. <clears throat> Well, I'll go ahead and share the testimony because I might want to refer to it later on. Um, so because they didn't know what was wrong with me, they came to prep me for surgery and gave me a wrong procedure. And so that procedure put pressure on my appendix and caused them to begin to rupture. I mean, it felt like there was a volcano about to erupt on the inside of me. I, got, I felt very sick. I managed to get into the restroom, and I saw on the side of the wall that little red button that said emergency button. And I knew something is seriously wrong with me. I went to touch that button, and God intervened. My finger literally bounced away from the button. I made two attempts both times. It was kind of like boing, boing. I thought, what's this? You know? And I thought, I need to hit the button. So I took my whole hand. And I reached out, and suddenly I came in contact with a wall. There was a wall that I could not see, but I could feel this wall, and I could not get past the wall. The button was on the other side, and I thought to myself, invisible wall. I actually thought, that wasn't nice of somebody to put that there. <laughs> I did have that split thought, that's not nice. <laughs> and, but as soon as I had that thought, the Lord intervened in my life, and I actually heard the Lord speak to me just as clearly as you're hearing me right now, and he spoke three times. The first thing he said was, your time is up. Under your present condition, you are destined to die. Now, that's a strong report when it's coming from the mm, throne room, right. and I'm only 28 years old with two little children at home. But then the Lord spoke the second time, and he said, Your life has been removed from the hands of mankind. Your condition is now beyond the help of the medical profession. And I knew that had something to do with that procedure, that now it's too late to get into the operating room. And then the Lord spoke the third time. And Glenn, it was the most beautiful of all. He began to quote from the Gospel of John. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, through me, you can change your destiny. You don't have to die. And I said, God, I have read that scripture so many times. And I always thought you were talking about spiritual salvation only. But Lord, I know the day I got saved. So you must be talking about 
a, a physical salvation like healing. I said, Lord, I, I don't know one thing. I don't know one thing about healing. But I do know that you love me. And I know that you are good to me. So, Lord, if you are telling me that you have a healing for me, I take it. And I wasn't sure what to expect to happen because I had zero knowledge of healing. But it just seemed like my pain magnified and fear wanted to grip me. And I don't know how, but somehow I just knew, don't give place to fear. And I took hold of my, uh, my stomach with my left hand. I grabbed my stomach. And I took my right hand to hold on to the railing on the side of the wall. And everything within me, I cried out to God. I said, God, help me, help me, help me. And at that moment, the scripture in Isaiah 41:13 came alive. It says, for I, the Lord your God, will take hold of your right hand. Fear not, I will help you. Is that not just the most beautiful scripture when you are crying out to God for help? Help me, help me. I will help you. And at that moment, I literally, literally felt Jesus take hold of my right hand. And I looked over at my hand. I couldn't see Jesus, but I could feel his fingers and his thumb, and he squeezed my hand. And it was a gentle squeeze, but at the same time, there was so much authority in that touch. And I began to sense agape love like I've never experienced in all my life. And I knew it wasn't just his love for me. He was showing me his love for all humanity. Then I began to feel heat. Heat started coming out of his hand into my hand. And then it just started going up my arm. And by the time that heat reached my shoulder, the best way for me to describe it is the motion of lift continued. And the Lord lifted my spirit out of my body. And it was the most glorious experience I have ever had because he opened my eyes to look into the spirit realm and I was so aware I was in the presence of the Lord and he let me look and I actually saw my spirit I actually saw my body in my hospital room suffering with pain but I thought I'm a I didn't even know I was a spirit being I never had been taught that. how many of you know you are a spirit you have a soul I had no knowledge of that nothing I had nothing <clears throat> And uh, in a few moments, I'm going to show you some illustrations of what God taught me. <clears throat> but uh, I had um, had a miracle, and then when Jesus let go of my hand, I was back in my body. Uh, about an hour later, they took me down to surgery. I couldn't explain anything, didn't even try to explain anything. It's beyond I could, what I could explain. And um, then the next thing I knew, I was back in recovery, and the doctor came in and talked to me, and he said, Marilyn, something must have happened to you before the operation. He said, during surgery, I found cancer, but the cancer was not attached to you. It was not attached to anything. It was just floating around all by itself. He said, I just picked it up and took it out. I didn't have to cut anything. Therefore, you don't need chemotherapy. You don't need radiation. You don't need any kind of treatment because 
the cancer wasn't attached to you. He said, something must have happened. And then he acknowledged that they had given me a, a, bad, a wrong treatment. And he said, that procedure should have caused my appendix to rupturing. And if that would have happened, it would have killed me. And that's exactly what the Lord meant when he said, under your present condition, you're destined to die. And later when I was all alone in my hospital room, the Lord spoke uh, again. And this time it was so beautiful because, you know, he says, uh, the Bible says he knows us by our name. And I heard the Lord whisper, Marilyn, when I was holding your hand, I was also holding back your appendix from rupturing. So the doctor could go in and remove the cancer in its entirety because I wanted you to know exactly what I did for you. God is good and God is love and he is not a respecter of persons. Amen. So I want to have uh, three gentlemen. Who, which three gentlemen want to help me up here? Hallelujah. Look at all three of you coming up here really quick. Thank you. I'll just have you stand right over here. We're going to have fun. And because you volunteer, yes, you can face that way. <clears throat> mm -hmm. I'm going to let you be my spirit and you can be my soul. I have them attached together because whether you make your bed in heaven or hell, your spirit and soul are going to be together. And you can be my body. We kind of look alike, so yeah. that's good. <laughs> Don't the guys look nice? <laughs> I'm going to promote you later too for holding these dolls. <laughs> The Lord showed me that I was a spirit being. Again, I never knew that. I realized that it's my spirit that worships him in spirit and in truth. This is the part that truly worships the Lord. This is the part of you that is alive to the spirit of the Lord God Almighty. This is the part of you that has been born again. And then your soul. This is the part of you that needs to be renewed to the word of God every day, not once a week, not only on Sunday. Every day, your mind must be renewed to the word of God so that you will begin to think like God thinks. You will begin to see yourself as the word of God says you are. The word says you is healed. And it's through the renewing of your mind where faith will see first what the natural eye does not yet see. Your, your mind must be renewed so that it will come into harmony with your spirit. These two have got to get into harmony. Amen? And then you have a body. And the, your body is the only part of you that will be sick. Your spirit and your soul, you live in this house, this body, 24-7. So every time something happens to that house, guess who knows it? You do. Now, not everybody has an out-of-the-body experience, but every one of you, you live in a house someplace. It could be a single-story house or a two-story house, but you're not in that house right now. You're all here in the church. So we could say that you are all having an out-of-the-house experience. Therefore, you don't know what's happening in your house. You don't know if the light bulb just burned out or maybe the air conditioner or in this case, the heater went off. <laughs> you don't know what's happening in your house because you're not in it. But if you were to go home today and God forbid, but you pulled up in your driveway and you saw that your house was on fire, you would witness the destruction of your house. But you wouldn't be burned because you're not in it. 
But if it was two o'clock in the morning and you're in the house and all of a sudden that house is a blaze of fire, you will feel the effects of that fire. Amen. Well, because you live in this house 24-7, everything that happens to this house, you will know it. If this house is burning up with the fever, you will know it. If it's in pain because it had a major surgery or there's, there's um, cancer or diabetes or something's going on in this house, you will know it because you are in the house. Now, just like your natural house or this church has a ceiling and it has, a, well, it has an exterior, it has doors, windows, it also has an interior, electrical wiring, plumbing. Well, this house has an exterior. It has hair, skin, eyes, nose, all kinds of things, <clears throat> excuse me, make up the outside of this house. But this house also has an inside. It has organs, all kinds of organs, heart, liver, kidneys, all kinds of things make up the inside of this house. But this is only the house, thank you, that you live in. Amen. So we're all on the same page? Okay, well, I'm going to call you back later and promote you. You like promotion? Comes from the Lord. Amen. So I want you to turn to Romans because this is so critical that you see yourself as the Word of God says you are. In Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at, uh, well, we'll look at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, or we could say the facts, who do not walk after the facts, but after, after the uh, spirit, or we could say after the truth. Now look at verse 5. For they that are after the flesh, they mind the things of the flesh. In other words, if you're carnally minded and your mind has not been renewed to the word of God, you're always going to follow after the facts, the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, well, they follow after the things of the spirit. Verse 6, to be carnally minded is death. That word death means to be defeated. Again, you can be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, but live a defeated life if your mind is not renewed and you don't begin to see yourself in line with the Word. Amen. But to be spiritually minded is life, peace, healing, wholeness, victory. All the things of God will come to you if you are spiritually minded. So can you see the importance of being spiritually minded? Because... Excuse me, we are a spirit being. Now turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Let's look at verse 13. It's an awesome scripture. It says, Take fast hold of instructions. Do not let her go, but keep her, because she is your life. You know, God has instructions just like man gives us instructions. If you were to get, for example, some new software for a computer, uh, you're going to have to follow the instructions. 
or you might get a new uh, juicer or uh, some new appliance. You need to follow the instructions so that you know how to assemble it and work it properly. Well, God has instructions, and he says, you take hold of my instructions, and don't you let go of my instructions. I have here a little medicine bottle, and I put a label on here, and it says, take one tablet three times a day on an empty stomach. Now, when you go and get a prescription from a doctor and the pharmacist gives you that prescription, there's going to be instructions on there. And you might think, one, three times a day. And I'm going to have to remember to do that three times a day. I think I'll just take three of them once a day, and that way I don't have to worry about it the rest of the day. Well, now you've changed the instructions. And guess what? It's not going to work like it's supposed to. Or you might think, oh, this was so expensive. I think I'm going to stretch it out, and I'll do it every other day. You're going to get the right results? Or you might think, this is so good. I think I'll take the whole dose at once and be done with it. You'll be done all right. (laughs) See, if you change the instructions, it's not going to work. What about God's instructions? Mm -hmm. Are we really following the instructions? Are you wondering, why is my healing not working? Well, let's look at the instructions and see, are we really following them correctly? It goes on to Proverbs 20. He begins to give us his instructions. He says, my son, attend to my report. When you go to a doctor, you're going to get a, or his, my words, when you go to a doctor, you get a doctor's report. But when you come to the word of God, you get the Lord's report. So that's why I always read it like this. Attend to my report. Incline your ear to my report. Don't let them depart from your eyes, but keep my report in the middle of your heart. For my report is life to those that find them and health to all your flesh. In the original translation, that word health is translated as medicine. God's word is medicine to all your flesh. That's talking about this part, your house, whether it's the outside or the inside. Amen. And then I like the next verse. It says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. One translation says, I think it's in the NIV, it says, above all, guard your heart. What do you have to guard your heart against? The facts. Guard your heart against the facts, because facts will open up the door to fear, and fear is the enemy of your faith. Too often, people will get a negative report from the doctor, and especially in this day and age, the first thing they do is go to Mr. Google. Mr. Google is not your friend. Do not Google that report. Don't Google, don't go to the library. Forget about the internet and try to research that disease. All that's going to do is give you more fear, and fear is the enemy of your faith, and your faith is of the heart, and you must see from the inside, live from the inside out. And if you have contaminated and weakened your faith, you'll not be able to do it. Um, Just one more thing, let me just 
uh, finish this one thought here. <clears throat> so his instructions are to keep it, <clears throat> excuse me, incline your ear to his sayings. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Keep it in the middle of your heart. So the instructions are that you must use your ear gate, your eye gate, your heart gate, and your mouth gate. How is the word going to get into your heart? Through the eye gate and the ear gate. When you use your eye gate and your ear gate, and to hear the ear gate, you're going to have to read the word out loud. So your mouth gate is involved. So when you hear, and you know, faith comes by hearing, not just on Sunday, but you know, I tell people, when you read your Bible at home, read it out loud every day. And that's a hard thing to do because we're just, we just open it and we just start reading it silently. But it's really good if we can get into the practice of reading it out loud so that you hear it. Keep that ear gate going. Because it's through the ear gate and the eye gate that that medicine gets into your heart. And from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and it releases God's medicine. It's not just confessing the word from up here, but it's what happens when you speak it from down here. So you've got to use the instructions are eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate, heart gate. So often we just, we can quote scriptures and we just go around, thank you, Lord, that by your stripes I'm healed, I'm healed. And that's good, but that's only one third of the instructions. You've got to take all of the medicine, not just part of it. And people think, oh man, that is a lot of work. That takes, that can be an inconvenience. I tell you what, I think chemotherapy and kidney dialysis is a much more inconvenience. You know, I have a, a product table. I don't like to call it a product table. I like to call it a, a tool table. Carpenters use tools to build their house. You need gospel tools to build your faith. But some of these things are so user-friendly. You can, this is filled with healing scriptures. It's filled with uh, the two, prayers, two of the prayers of the Apostle Paul. Uh, Joel 3.16, let the weak say, I am strong. 2 Timothy 1.7, give no place to fear because God has not given you the spirit of fear. But this is God's medicine. You can keep it in your purse, into your pocket. But don't be a lazy Christian. You've got to follow the instructions. Amen? So this is time we're going to take our break right now. Are you helping anything? You getting helped? You learning anything? Amen. Okay, we'll take a 10-minute break. I'll let you take it, Pastor. We'll take about a 10-minute break.